Serious music can still be fun. I'm Brad Rose. Welcome to the latest episode of the Seltzer Salon. I'm so excited today to talk to Nick Millivoy, who has a new album that came out uh, back in July on Roper Dope Digital Reaction. And it's, it's an album that I've listened to a lot this summer and ever, ever since I first heard it because it just... there's there's so many things about it that are joyous and fun and there's like a and it's confusing but in a really interesting way because it's not what i it's not what i would expect from nick you know nick is one of the frankly in my mind one of the best guitar players around and writes incredible guitar music you know he had that grassy sound record last year with ron stabinski which you know i interviewed him for that and we talked a lot about joy and and fun and um those emotions in experimental music and this just kind of takes it to another place uh the album you know and he'll talk about it more so i'm not going to get too deep into it but it, it was built around these drum machines that he had been collecting uh, i think you know in during the pandemic and and stuff like that and started writing bass lines and, and beats with them and it just turned into this whole other thing and among so many great aspects of this record there are so many good guest spots like top of the billing is Jamaluddin Takuma, who is one of the all-time greats. And as we talked about a little bit in the interview, when you make this kind of music and Jamaluddin wants to play on it and kind of signs off on it, it's like, you know, you've got something. You know you're on to something because he's the king. Um, but then Ron Stabinski's on here. Jason Nazari, um, Katie Ray, Lush Life does Oh, his vocals on spins of the axes are so good. And we talked about the video for that, which was inspired by the 80s film Rad, which is kind of the jumping off point for why I, among many other things, why I wanted to do this episode. Because when Nick said that on Twitter, I was just like, oh my God, I didn't think, I didn't think anybody remembered that movie. I didn't even realize it had been re-released a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, so like BMX tricks. Oh my God, that is... I still love that stuff. I rewatched Rad the weekend before I did this interview, and I was like, yeah, man. You know, it's problematic in a lot of ways, but hey. Anyway, so uh, we we did this a couple weeks ago, and I, thanks, Nick, again for doing it, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. So my guest today is Nick Millivoy, whose new album, Digital Reaction, came out a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago by the time this airs on Rope-A-Dope, and it is, it is one of the funnest records of 2023. I'm going to put that out there to start. So Nick, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Thank you, Brad. I'm glad you think so. Um, which we'll get into that in a little bit, because that was... You know, I we did an interview. I guess it was was it last year the Grassy Sounds record came out. I can't. It's yep. all a blur. But yeah, yeah, it almost like exactly a year apart. Okay, and and we talk a lot about like fun and joy and stuff, and it's been an ongoing theme and in my life in my uh, I don't know my pursuit of sound, and so I feel like in some ways me really seriously focusing on that started with that conversation. So oh wow, uh, it's all cool. come full circle here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but okay. So let's let's back up a little bit. And first, like, when did the idea for digital reaction? Like, what? Did, where did this idea come from? 
Yeah. Um, that's a great question. That you know, it it came from like the the simplest sort of thing of just like you know studio experimentation of just mm -hmm. you know wanting to make. I mean, you know, I I guess it's like in my head, like there's all these eighties grooves. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh you know i think that the way that i tend to work is like i'm bouncing i i, I sort of work in contrasts um I'm, I'm not an astrology person but maybe that's like a libra thing i'm a libra so it's like i'm keeping things balanced so like i you know the grassy sound record that came out last year was all about um you know sound this sonically all about like the 60s and like real organic sounds and right um when that project finished up what better place to go than like you know electronic roofs from the 80s yeah hey. <laughs> and i think that that stuff lives side by side in my head i mean i actually i don't remember if we had talked about this but i i kind of there's a lot between like those like 50s early 60s sounds and the oh, 80s that we relate. talked a lot about it, it was, yeah, yeah right we did 100 percent and I've been, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot again recently. I don't think that anybody would listen to Digital Reaction and think about the 50s at all. I think that would be crazy to to, <laughs> to say. But I do think that those things in my head are really connected. And I think, you know, RIP Paul Rubens, like yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse is a big reason for that, or at least was a big amplifier yeah. of that like 80s, 50s thing. Anyway, I'm obsessed with both of those things. And uh, so when we finished the Grassy Sound Project, I, you know, it was just an, a thing of like, this was this was where my head was and thinking about like these 80s groups. But there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's, it also was just like, I started buying drum machines uh, i bought a couple right. drum machines in like the pandemic when i was just like experimenting with sounds and that yeah. so that also sort of thing i always wanted to like mess with drum machines and and hadn't been doing that and uh so you know when when i after a few months of like practicing alone in my room by myself um i got really sick of hearing myself play guitar and uh, I bought a lap steel so I could hear myself oh, nice. play that instead. And then I bought a couple drum machines so I could like make grooves with the drum machines to practice on lap steel. And then it evolved into this like totally other thing. So the, <laughs> that's sort of the long winded thing of like, you know, the, these things are actually weirdly related for me, even though like the sounds of these things would be very far apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, when I first, I think when you first sent it to me, I, that was one of the things I thought. And I only thought of it because we had that specific conversation. I don't know that anybody else would go there unless they maybe had read the interview before listening to this. <laughs> right. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And But, yeah, it is a very – in some ways, I think for maybe for a lot of people who listen to, like, your stuff or listen to the Grassy Sound thing record last year and then they get this, they're going to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which to but, me is a plus. Like, if you can get people – just confused for a minute i think you're doing something right so but there is i i, I guess i should say that there is like also a thing just like a, a compositional thing that's a reaction between the two things too which is like the grassy sound record is like these songs with chord changes mm -hmm. and uh i love to do that but like i tend to when i when i exhaust myself on a project i think like a lot of artists 
I just I I want to go in the other direction because I feel like 100%. part of me has like not been exercised for a while. Yeah. So it's like I wrote all these songs with chord changes and and like you know strong melodies and stuff like they're songs. And then it was like I just want to I just want to get out of that. And I want to write grooves and I want to play like noise guitar on top of it. And it was like those are things that aren't really a part of the grassy sound record right. as much. Like just like just weird grooves like uh, what can i do with that so you know that's the contrast there yeah no, that makes a lot of sense um so i you ha, how many drum machines are on the record because obviously the alesis is the big one it's on the cover yeah so, <laughs> so i i did like i said i did buy a couple of drum machines but uh the Elysis is the one. That's the okay. one that inspired the record. I had made all these demos on my computer, um, mostly with just like um, like software drum machines, mm-hmm. um, demos of songs that are not on the like. I, I basically have like another probably album and a half of of like stuff that I wrote um, <laughs> that I really love, but it just like I didn't love the sound of it the same way. I, I happened upon this Elysis HR sixteen uh, on Craigslist, and and when I got this one. Like this, this one inspired me to like start fresh. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to run this through some, I had ideas for pedals to run it through and all, all that stuff. And so that was, um, that just like, I started over and, you know, then I had been working on the other stuff for a couple of years. And then this was like, okay, that was like all research. This is the mm-hmm. album. Um, and I wrote all these new grooves with the Alesis and then sort of filled some stuff out. There are a couple like there's a couple tracks that have some like software additional stuff, right. like some stuff from Logic. Um, I think uh, there might be like a there's like a like a maybe like a Lindrum sample on one song or something. But it's the core of every song, I think, is the HR 16. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Um, there is also a lot of incredible collaborators on the record guest spots however you want to call it um how how did you choose collaborators for this record or did it was it like what was that like the the songs chose the collaborators perfect right. to be to give you a really artistic <laughs> answer but it's it's really true it was really like i was putting these songs together and you know each song for the most part uh i didn't go into it you know other things i do I might compose something and then come up with an arrangement and then, Mm -hmm. you know, bring it to people, whatever. Um, But this was, I didn't want to do any of that. I, everything was a drum groove that I made um, on this Alesis and then built something out of it, you know, started Mm -hmm. adding, you know, whether if I played bass, then, you know, maybe I added a bass part next. Um, A lot of it is I added a guitar part next like played like a riff or a melody that's going to like hold it together and then built around that um but you know so each one of these when i at a certain point i'd be like oh man what this really needs is a saxophone and then like you know whatever you know in that case the only the only person who plays saxophone on the record is uh my friend brian murray who we had been trading tracks back and forth and was like hey man can i send you a couple tracks um right or uh you know for for Jamaluddin for Jamaluddin Takuma who plays bass on four tracks he's he's the collaborator who plays on here the most mm-hmm. um you know we've worked together here and there over the years it's always been i like i've well no he's he's sat in with me with with or he's like we've done a quartet together that i think like some friends and i like co-arranged and uh i've played 
like one of his concert, like he's hired me for stuff. And, uh, you know, but I've never, I've never like asked him to play on my right. music, you know? Um, and this is really in his world of like stuff that yes. he was into in the eighties. And yeah. so immediately I was just like really thinking about his vibe. He is the most authentic person connected to this, like these sounds that I know. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I, we gotta, like, I gotta have Jamaladine involved. If he's into this, if he can like get into what I'm doing, then like, I know I'm, I'm doing it legit. Right. And you know, yeah. I, I really it's wanted like, to I've do it legit. something here if Jamaladine yeah. is. Otherwise, I mean, listen, listen, if, if for anybody who, uh, who listens to the record could maybe would know, like, I'm sitting here making these drum grooves in my house. Before I asked him to do this, I'm sitting here making these beats and just like am i losing my mind this sounds nothing like my other music like right. this is is this crazy music and then i sent it to him and he was like i want to be a part of this and i was like it oh, must man. be legit if jamalady oh, wants yeah. to be a part of this because he is the most legit dude i know yeah. and uh so you know that sort of like what a sort feeling of, that is. he really God. validated my uh my project by just like saying he was into it and then to, oh, you know gosh. to play on four tracks i think i sent him it was like i asked him to be to do it and I was just like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe you would play on a track or, you know, he said, send me what you got. And I had, I think at that point I had like four things that didn't have bass on it, or maybe, maybe I only had four tracks so far. I don't remember. Right. And I sent them to him and I was like, check them out, see what you think. Like if you're not into it, whatever. And he just like, he sent me back four tracks. He was like, here oh we my go. God. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was... yeah, that, that was, a, that was a big that was oh. a big push. Like one, then I was like, okay, I have to complete this. I've got to make this record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was really excited when I saw, like when I read the description and I saw that he played on it, I was like, okay. <laughs> he is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is a absolute musical hero of mine. And, yeah. uh, I just love, I love everything he's done really. But like his, his eighties stuff, I think, you know, I, remember i did not i i didn't go to a conservatory or anything but mm-hmm. um i took i remember i took this history of jazz class uh, my freshman year of college when i wanted to like i wanted to know about jazz and uh like it was a it was an assumption that um you know what happened in the 80s was like just a complete misstep and i remember like i remember the teacher like he must have said this a few times because i remember so clearly like him pranking on herbie hancock's rocket and just saying well and then there's that you know and i think that that was like that was such a an accepted belief that like yes the great herbie hancock lost his mind for a decade and made crazy people music and then came back and you know and, well actually i mean he was making jazz during the 80s as well but like right you know his records no, I know are, what you mean it's like he did this he just like lost his way and meanwhile like i've always thought that those records are so cool and that yeah. was like why not nobody revisits that world from from this angle i mean plenty of people do like in hip-hop those sounds are totally valid but like in jazz or like instrumental rock like you don't hear those sounds a lot and you know i just wanted to i just wanted to get in there and see what will come out yeah no that's yeah i think that's really interesting and yeah and just jamal his 80s stuff is oh god it's so good it's, Showstopper. Oh, that record? That's exactly what I was say. That's like one of the great records of the last 40 years. I swear oh, to God. It's so good. Oh, Showstopper, man. Renaissance Man. They're, oh, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That would be, 
yeah whenever you get one of those sort of um outside like feedback from somebody like that that it, validation it's the it's so amazing um and for a project like this yeah you couldn't have got a better <laughs> i could no no absolutely <laughs> um i also wanted to i i really i was the so we're going to talk about spins of the axis because we got to talk about the video yeah um but because that's how this whole thing actually started but um the lush life cameo on there guest spot on there is rules oh i think so i'd love to hear that story so um i hope i i think i think this is okay i don't think this is like uh client uh teacher privilege or anything but during <laughs> during the pandemic raj aka lush life was taking guitar lessons from me oh nice and uh you know so we got to know each other that way we got to know each other really well through through that and uh he did um he did a deluxe edition of his album Redomancy. right um and uh asked me to do a remix of it so i did a remix i did a remix of one of the songs on there that like it's it's listed as like desertion trio remix on this album uh and that was so much fun and i never get to work with like i I never get to work in hip-hop you know Mm -hmm. um and that was such a great project that it was like you know as soon as i started working with these grooves yeah i was like yo i gotta get raj involved um and I hit him up and he was down immediately. And he's That's... he's such an interesting dude from all points of his like artistic world. Um, which like, you know, he's done so many really cool collaborations with so many amazing and it, like a, a wide range of amazing musicians um that I love. And uh, you know, is down is always looking for new sounds with his music. And then like has this other whole other thing not as lush life um you know as raj haldar at where he's a best-selling children's author <laughs> and i think that, that is I had like no idea yeah yeah he uh he wrote he he has a couple books but his big hit is a book called p p is for pterodactyl and uh that is that's like his his hit for sure um but yeah he's done all this really cool children's writing um and i think i I'm always attracted to working with artists who have like a big world like that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. No, I think that's, I'm, that's so cool. If my kid was, I'm like looking at it right now and I was like, damn, my kid was younger. Um, he has, uh, you know, to promote Roger's stuff a little bit, he has some, some young adult novels that he's ooh. written as well. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm never, I'm I always... haven't checked those out. I have a baby, not a young adult sure. yet, but, uh, someday, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going and doing some shopping after this. Yeah. I think my daughter's <laughs> going to come home and be like, why did you buy? I'm like, I had to, I had to buy, <laughs> had to buy a present. Um, she starts school next week. So it's a back to school gift. How about that? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay. Well, since we're talking about spins of the axis, mm-hmm. we got to talk about, we got to talk about the video. We got to talk about rad. Mm-hmm. So did you, do you remember seeing rad when you were a kid? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, see, I didn't realize that it got like a re-release a couple years ago until I went. So I rewatched it last week, couple weekends ago to prepare. I was like, oh man, I get to watch Rad for work. <laughs> I've have, I've have arrived, dude. I felt the same way when I was like, I have to watch this to make this video. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I have to be God. inspired by this to to get the right shots. So how did you? So yeah, like how did you have this? 
Okay, well, I guess let's go back. So you saw it as a kid. So you remember seeing it as a kid. I saw it as a kid, you know, probably, I don't know, like in middle school or something. Um, My friends and I liked BMXs and and thought that was cool. I was never like, I wasn't good at it or anything. I was always afraid of falling and hurting myself. Um, (laughs) I was always a wimp. Guitar was much more my speed. But I thought that it was cool. And I had friends who were into doing jumps and stuff. I don't think I had any friends who were any good at it. But, uh, you know, we as a... Somebody who was born in the 80s, I think that was sort of like, that was one of the routes you could go, was get into BMX bikes at the time. Um, yeah. And uh, man, oh. that was marketed to us, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I used to, I remember they used to have, because I had a bunch of them, like these little mini, they were like the size of like a Hot Wheels car, but they were like BMX bikes. Oh, yeah, bikes. yeah. I remember, I, I totally oh. did not remember about those until just now when you said that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. those were awesome. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i i thought rad was cool you know back then yeah. and ha- hadn't thought about it in a long time um yeah i hadn't thought about it till you, this video came out and i think you said like oh it's like inspired by the film rad or something i was like oh my fucking god <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i i guess it's like you know raj titled that song i mean he didn't like say this is the title it was just like right. his verse he says spin to the axis and i made that the hook um, I was like, okay, that's the name of the song. Yeah. I was like, all right, we need like a, what can I, what can I put together with a video for a video? Um, we need like a spinning theme. And I went through a couple ideas. I wanted to, uh, evoke the decade that I was drawing my sounds from. And not that this, you know, this isn't supposed to be an eighties record. It's supposed right. to be a modern record. I'm not trying to sound like the eighties, but I'm trying to use, you know, bring, bring back, like use eighties drum machines and then like put like crazy modern guitar sounds on top of it yeah um you know and stuff like that so but it's like i want to evoke that vibe um and uh i did think about at my neighbor has a 80s corvette that's like super sick and i was like can i can i like ask her if i can take some shots of that but we'd have to drive it fast i don't know like where we would do that like how can i do this oh we need a bmx video like it was just like a vision thing i'd start it with my neighbor's corvette and (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, and I, I doubt she would be game with like, I don't, I don't know. I, I had no idea on how we could actually like use this. It was like, that was my vision board. Um, and then I was like, okay, actually BMX is like, I could probably do that. And you know, it was really hard. I don't have any friends who are still into BMX bikes or anything. Right. So I had to like, I had to find some, I had to find the guy to do the tricks. Um, Man. but we found this guy and then, uh, you know, just sort of as soon as I thought about BMX, I was thinking about Rad and I was like, I have to <laughs> like I have to I have to watch Rad to like get an idea for like how to capture these shots and stuff. Cause I like I made the video, I got my my next door neighbor. Um I didn't know that it was re released until when I started talking about this. My next door neighbor has the like the you know, the re released ah. DVD. And uh but yeah, like I got him to help me shoot it and uh you know, we just like spitballed on different shots and stuff. And man, man. It, it, you know, and then I watched the movie and just like, I was like, when we shot the video, I was like really in that headspace. <laughs> that's so much. Oh yeah. I mean, it, I was really stoked. Cause I, and I, again, I hadn't thought about the movie. So I was like, I had a, I was trying to get my wife and my kid to watch it with me. They were just like, I, they watched the trailer and were just like, I don't really, you can watch this by yourself. Oh man. I know. They're missing I'm, out. 
they're missing out i know especially <laughs> God, I, I i totally had forgot about the like bike slow dance scene or whatever oh it's so good <laughs> oh my god an angel oh it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think it it all it all makes sense to me in the scope of the record and the like i don't know it just i already was a big fan of it the whole album and the whole like everything about it but that just sort of up the ante for me so <laughs> i'm so glad <laughs> that was you know that was my goal was to uh i just thought like what would this would really draw me in it's like yeah if somebody made like a video like this i'd i'd i would be all about what they're putting out there <laughs> so like i could if i if i put this out there like i will reach the right hands so. yes right. <laughs> well and then i think this it kind of goes back to how, where i started all that like this record to me it like it's a lot of things but it's it's a lot of fun to listen to it is i think it's you know like i said we talked about joy as an emotion that is it is such an important emotion that is i i look for in music especially music that's maybe where you like maybe genres you don't think of it as much um like experimental music and those kind of things which it's there but you know it comes out a little bit differently yeah yeah and so anytime i hear a record that really i feel like embraces those things i i i was i've talked about this on this podcast with multiple people talking about how for me like in the year 2023 in the current state that our world is in like things like joy and whimsy and pleasure like matt sage talked about this a lot on his i have to give him a lot of credit he was much more eloquent but it feels like almost subversive like we live in this really fucked up dark world <laughs> where there's a lot of bad things happening so like i don't know anyway yeah, i just man. want to give you credit for making a record that is like it's sonically so interesting it has all those things but it's just a lot of damn fun Brad, you totally get it. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's really shouldn't things be fun? Things should yeah. be fun. Um, I mean, I, there's room. I like some dark music. I like some really cryptic sure. music. That's great. I love that stuff. Um, but I think it's important to make room for like some fun jams, you know. <laughs> and I, I know that I'm I'm probably a couple decades too late for like any of this to get played in like. <laughs> a sweet dance club sure with like a totally sick system uh but that's like that's the dream you know whatever your version of that kind of fun is yes. like this is this is music to rock out to in in that way i don't know you know whether that's uh whether that is a really loud dance club or it's uh driving an 80s corvette oh man <laughs> above the speed limit or you know doing a backflip on a bmx bike like that's <laughs> that's what i'm imagining just like fun jams that you know are just trying to trying to do something that that makes people enjoy themselves right. you know that as we like we talked about this before we started recording that i saw the flaming lips last night mm -hmm. and and you know there is really no better band that's like right. doing that and i'll never i i've accepted at this point in my life um that i will i will never uh have the budget to do anything on that <laughs> like near that level so you know i can't throw a show where i have like confetti guns like shooting off the whole time and Right. Um, 
Well, that's maybe one of the lesser expenses. I was going to say that might be budget. the one thing you, of their show you could. <laughs> yeah, I, I could actually do that. Um, but you know what I mean. Like, no, I'll absolutely. never have the budget to come up with something like that. And but you know, if so, it all just it just goes into the music. And this is this is definitely uh, something I want to evoke with like all my releases at this point. Is just like you know, the jams have to be fun. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm here for it, and I'm. I'm like I said, I'm excited anytime I hear stuff that hits me in that way. It's like, yes, yes. It's like another member of the team here. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I I feel like that's like actually a really good place to just stop. Absolutely. Thank you, Brad. Uh, yeah, thanks again. And I hope everybody checks out the record and uh any anything else with the record we should be looking for, like any shows coming up or yeah, I uh I have a couple shows coming up in the fall. They're just around here, you know, they're they're in the northeast here. We're just uh it's it's a limited engagement project at the moment, but sure. uh we're you know, we'll see. There are some some things further on the horizon that are unconfirmed. Nice. Um okay. but the the first set of show the first set of shows will be, you know, just Philly, New York and DC and uh you know, because it, the collaborators are only on a little track, like uh, track here, track there, right? A couple tracks. Um, there's no band, so I had to assemble a band. <laughs> we had our first rehearsal yesterday with the oh, band. Wow. Uh, none of the people in the band are on the record. It's okay. just yeah. who I thought would deliver this music best overall, and yeah. it's a pretty cool band. All right. <laughs> I feel really great about it. So awesome. these first couple shows are going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Um, uh, those will be those will be up on my all over social media yeah. and stuff um i'll be posting the shows in the next couple of days and then uh you know after that there should be some stuff on the horizon as well so that's that's what's next for the project awesome all right well thanks for thanks for talking to me thank you brad I want to once again thank Nick Milhoy for taking the time out of his very busy schedule uh, to talk to me. You know, he's the senior editor of Premier Guitar Magazine. He has so many, you know, he has this solo stuff going on. He plays in so many bands. He's in, you know, Desertion Trio. If you haven't heard, uh, please go listen to Twilight Time, especially um, Grassy Sound. And he also has a newborn baby at home. And so we were able to fit this in while his kid was napping, which is great. Um, Digital Reaction is out now on Ropadope. I can't recommend it enough. It is such a fun, wonderful record. Um, and and it isn't being fun. It's just like technically, it's really interesting and just it's it's got everything. So, thanks again. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I guess I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.